The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Thursday, October 12th. 2023 Brendan Glasheen joined by Anthony DeBundo and Tanner McGrath. We are reacting to what happened in baseball last night, getting set for game four of the NLDS between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves Phillies roll last night at citizens bank park, 10 to two. And we know the ALCS matchup, the Astros closed out the Minnesota Twins, and they will take on the Texas Rangers in the ALCS. We know that the Arizona Diamondbacks are advancing to the NLCS, and they await the winner of Braves Phillies. They swept, <clears throat> swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. Wasn't even close. They will. Okay. They, they seal club them. Let's give the people what they want. They're concerned about tonight, the eight o'clock game, Braves Phillies. Then we'll work our way into what it means for each of these teams and the buzzsaw that they're running into in the next round in the snakes. We're here every weekday, by the way, for payoff pitch. We'll be back here tomorrow and then back here on Monday. We have written content, action network app, actionnetwork.com. So we'll be with you during the weekend. If you can't find us in video or podcast form, please leave a five-star rating and review. We're giving out winners. If you do so, uh, your prize is a one-year subscription to Action Pro for free. We gave out a winner this week. We'll do one early next week, so stick with us throughout the month of October. Debundo, I'll let you go first. You were at the ballpark last night. Charlie echoed this on the pod yesterday. You were high on Bryce Harper. What a night for him. It's becoming it's becoming very Sixers-esque, the way Bryce Harper performs in the NLDS. It's like Philly – I know you're not a Sixers fan, but Philly fans are getting so excited about Bryce Harper and home runs he's hit in the NLDS. Maybe that's just my group chat friends from Philadelphia. Wait a second. Wait a second. Bryce Harper hit the home run that sent the Phillies to the World Series last year. No, no, no. I understand that. But they're just they're, they're getting geeked up at how the, he has the most home runs in NLDS history. And it's just like, uh, oh, okay. Like, that's dumb. Anyway, 
that's neither here or there. Uh, Braves Phillies game four tonight. What are you, what are you thinking? What do you like? Well, uh, from a pure number perspective, I think Philly's a little bit short uh, because I think that the market is overpricing Ranger Suarez pitching outs. Uh, and I think that the bullpen behind him is going to get a lot of usage again. I think this is pretty similar to how the game played out in game one. I thought the market was a little short on Philly for the full game in that game. Uh, and because of the Ranger situation, he ended up mm-hmm. only throwing three and two thirds. They went to the bullpen. They got the shutout. Of course, there was some some big outs with runners in scoring position that they were able to get and and kind of, you know, got some big moments, a couple, you know, an error and then catches interference, got two of their three runs. So, you know, that all factors in. But if you just flip home field from game one, no big home field to this game right now, game four, uh, Phillies are right around plus 125. So if you can find a plus 130, 135 out there, and there are some, uh, I, I would play Philly there. Uh, I personally am not adding any more because I have a, a series ticket and a NLCS and a World Series ticket on the Phillies that I don't want to keep adding into which I already made the mistake of with Minnesota and those are all dead now. So uh, from a, from a money line perspective, I lean toward Philadelphia. I also lean toward the under, you know, the Phillies have still not hit Spencer Strider ever when he's healthy. He has a one, you know, he entered the last start with a one nine ERA in his regular season appearances against the Phillies. And I know there's been all this, hoopla about how Strider doesn't want to pitch in front of the fans because he, he gave that joke interview uh, before a game. But mm-hmm. uh, Strider doesn't seem like the type who's going to back down from a challenge. And, you know, the way he's pitching right now, I, I do think he'll have success against this lineup. Uh, and with it being, you know, such a elimination game, you know, there were nines out there last night. Now the market's gotten hit down to eight and a half, uh, eight and a half minus 105, I would bet. 115 is getting a little high. So from the total perspective, I'm kind of staying away now because the, the market's down to like minus 115 on the under eight and a half. Uh, and, and so the only bets that I've made for this game are props. Uh, I bet Kevin Pilar under a half a hit. He will start the game because the Phillies are starting a lefty. Pilar plays left field in the platoon with Eddie Rosario. He'll bat sixth or seventh in that lineup. And if the Phillies manage him as they manage Suarez in game one, and Thompson said after game one, that they're not going to let him face Ozuna in a high leverage spot a second time. That's the matchup they were worried about. They're like, we'll get him through Olsen and then Ozuna will get him out and we'll bring in a righty for, you know, presumably either Ozuna and then Darno Murphy. And then we're going to flip Pilar to Rosario. That's the plan. And if they follow that plan again, Pilar may only get one at bat. So you're getting under a half a hit minus one Oh five as low out there on a guy who may only bat once. And at most, I think bats twice because the Phillies, if Rangers going really well and doesn't have that high leverage spot, will use, uh, you know, Suarez, maybe 18 batters. I don't see more than 18. I don't think he'll face Acuna a third time. No way in any close game. So if you think that you like that side of it, then he may bat twice, but even twice, you know, at minus one Oh five for Pilar is, uh, to get a hit is pretty, pretty low. So I, I think the under is the play there on Kevin. I think these, the market's generally just juiced overs on all these hitter props. Cause people don't want to bet under a hit because you can get a hit so easily uh, with like a fluke, but over hits, you know, people like to put them in parlays and whatnot. So I think it generally gets overpriced. Uh, and so I'm going against that with under, uh, under out or under hits rather on, on Kevin Pilar Braves left fielder. Okay, Tanner, what do you think here? With Strider on the mound for the Atlanta Braves, a redemption spot, his first loss in his career, playoffs and regular season included against the Phillies in uh, game, that was game one, right? It's hard keeping track how you guys do it. You know, Tabundo's locked into this thing. That was game one 
which feels like light years ago. That was over the weekend. And Ranger Suarez, who his outs prop is set at three and a half under juice to minus 175. Yeah, Anthony talked about it a little bit. I actually quite like the under here, under eight and a half. Um, Bet MGM, it's, it's the, the market's come down. The opener was nine and it's come way down. The Bet MGM now has the under juice to minus 115. Mm-hmm. I would play it to there. I don't think I would play it any lower. Um, Zarello makes this number eight on the dot. Um, Ballpark Pals model makes it closer to 7.9. Uh, Ballpark Pals weather factor shows about a minus 7% home run factor today. So I think that plays in. Um, but the big thing here is the starting pitching matchup. Um, Anthony talked about Strider dominance against the Phillies. He was excellent in game one. Again, eight strikeouts, one earned runs, seven innings, 17 batted balls, only two barrels. Surprisingly had 12 ground ball outs at a negative uh, average launch angle allowed. That's pretty good stuff. And the important thing with him, as I talked about in this series preview last week, um, his fastball velocity. If his fastball velocity is good and it's up, you know, no one can hit him because his other two pitches just play off his amazing fastball. Well, it looked great in game one. Uh, not a single four seam checked in below 97 miles per hour. Uh, he topped out at 99. It's exactly where we need to see him. I think that we see a similar performance out of him as we've seen in his last eight outings against the Phillies, or nine now, I guess. Meanwhile, um, you know, I did think the Braves were a tad vulnerable to left-handed pitching entering this postseason. Um, they were a bottom 10 offense against the side in September. And I don't think, you know, Rangers' start in game one was pretty good. Um, if you look at his stat cast profile from the game, uh, 13 batters faced, uh, zero hard hit balls, zero barrels, 83-mile-per-hour average exit velocity, nine-degree average launch angle. He struck out four and basically kept the Braves at bay. And I think he'll do that again. And even if they have a short leash on him, which we expect tonight, as Anthony talked about, and also because what his outs total is down to 12.5 now, juice the under. Well, you have a Phillies bullpen that's basically the deepest and best among remaining MLB playoff teams. Um, plus, the Braves haven't even been hitting the ball this series. Uh, they haven't been walking either, 6% walk rate, and they've been striking out instead. So, yeah, I like the under here. I think we'll get a similar uh, game script to... Game one, when I believe the final score was three nothing. Yeah, one other thing, you know, they moved the game back two hours, which doesn't seem like it would matter, but uh, given the temperatures tonight, it does matter quite a bit. It's about a ten degree difference uh, at first pitch potentially between the two hours, and this is the forecasted thing. It's sixty seven ish around six o'clock, which was the expected starting first pitch, but because the Diamondbacks swept the Dodgers, uh, the game is now eight o'clock, which uh, the temperature on eight o'clock closer to like 57. Uh, so it's a pretty big difference in terms of how the ballpark will play uh, with no wind uh, and pretty high humidity. Like that 10 degrees makes a huge difference uh, come, come game time in terms of how much the ball will fly. And so I think that's one of the main reasons actually the market came down. It was too high to begin with, but Zerillo making it eight uh, certainly would be under nothing for me as well. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a, be a fun, fun game tonight down, down the bank. Objectively now. Are the Braves worth playing at plus 600 to win the World Series? Which they are now at the bottom of the list. Because the Diamondbacks, Tanner, are next at plus 425. The Diamondbacks. The punked Diamondbacks. Tabundo, you can go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. I'll think about it. I mean, I, I felt coming into the playoffs, you know, we came, we went back and we did uh, the show at the beginning of the playoffs. I mean, it was me, BJ, and Zarillo, and we talked through it. And I said, and I think Zarillo said this, that he thought Atlanta Philly winner would win the World Series. I yeah. thought he was going to say pennant. 
Because I, I truly did think that going into the playoffs, given the pitching situations, the Phillies and the, the Braves were the two best teams. That's still true. And I, you know, we were just talking about this kind of off air. What is the path for Arizona doing this again? I mean, I know that they've they've done really well thus far to this point, taking out the Brewers, taking out the Dodgers, taking advantage of a weak hitting lineup in Milwaukee and some bad pitching in, in LA. But seven game series, the I think their best chance might actually be against the Braves. Because if the Braves would have to use Freed and Strider the next two games to come back, then they wouldn't have them for the first two games of the AL and the NLCS. And then maybe the D-backs could steal one or two there on the road. But, I mean, you're looking at a, a the winner of this series is going to be at least minus 200, maybe more, to beat the Diamondbacks in a seven-game series. So this is still an Arizona team that had a negative run differential uh, that doesn't really have a fourth starter whose third starter has been inconsistent up and down. You know, we, we have differing opinions on five depending on the day, but I, I mean, if you want to, if you think Atlanta can win tonight, which they certainly can, I mean, they're, they're a favored to do so. The yep. problem for me is that like, do you really trust Max Fried in a game five? Because he did not look good. His rust, the blister was a problem. He wasn't throwing fastballs. And I mean, Zach Wheeler has, has pitched so well. So from a market perspective, I think I would need more than six to one to bet Atlanta because then they're going to be, you know, a slight favorite in the, in the, in the world series, but think about how much more depth Houston and Texas have now. than they did a week ago with Javier pitching. Well, Yavaldi back gray and Scherzer, uh, you know, Atlanta is going to have real problems here. If Charlie Morton isn't really good when he comes back because they can't start Bryce elder again, like Smith Shaver, like there's no options beyond Strider and freed right now. So I think Atlanta, like six to one is not good enough for me. Okay. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I don't think the Braves really have the pitching depth to get all the way, even if they do come back and beat the Phillies. And a big thing here, which Anthony talked about, Houston and Texas both look really good right now. Um, And especially if Texas gets like a healthy Scherzer back, I don't know how you beat that team. And I bet if Atlanta does come back here, and let's say they quote-unquote punk the Diamondbacks, um... And they get to the World Series, they'll probably they'll probably be a short favorite. I don't think I would agree with that. I think they'd be overpriced there. I'd probably make either Houston or Texas a favorite over the Braves in the World Series just based on pitching depth. And especially with how the Braves' bats have looked, if they don't wake up, then yeah, I, I think that Atlanta, no, you, Anthony's right. You need more than six to one just because it, the path is difficult and they face a very tough challenge in the World Series if they get there. Payoff pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tanner, give me a minute on this Dodgers debacle, please, because... You said they were going to, and we'll, we'll kind of dial in here on Texas and on Houston. But what do you have to say for yourself? You said this was not even going to be close. You said to rip up my World Series ticket. You said they'd get punked. Pitching stunk. Lance Lynn. I mean, it was like like Debundo said. I think Debundo said this off the air. I apologize if he said it on. I think he said it off. First couple innings, he had the under. Things were going well, and then Lance Lynn, who's had a home run problem in Chicago. He had the home home run problem when he got traded to the Dodgers by the deadline. 
Mookie Betts goes over in the series. Freddie Freeman gets one hit. He gets knocks a ball off his knee. He grounds into a double play the game before game three. So in game two, I, I I'm not even going to pile on because I'm shocked too. And I took the bait. I did say on the preview show that this Dodgers team, besides getting to the world series and winning the COVID year series, when there were 60 games, there's a little choke factor here. And Zarillo has been on this, how Dave Roberts manages his staff. He had concerns about that. Kershaw going game one clearly was a huge mistake. What can you say about this debacle by the Dodgers? In this business, um, sometimes you're going to be wrong. And I was very wrong. I've never been more wrong, I think, about anything that I've ever said in my career in this industry. And For I folks that don't know, um, Tanner Tanner didn't just pick the Dodgers. Like, he didn't just give out a few bets on the Dodgers. Like, that's that, that's understandable. Like, no, no, he went in on the D-backs being bad gallon i i bet i bet the dodgers to sweep i bet the dodgers all games i was wrong you nailed on the head when you said that they were the choky dodgers they no showed at the plate and i think the big thing that i mishandicapped i overrated i underrated the struggling dodgers pitching depth um and i underrated just how bad or just how hurt or whatever kershaw is and I mean, you know, that was just that was just wrong by me. But um, it was incredible. I hope the Snakes uh, put up a fight in the next round. And make sure you continue to listen to the Payoff Pitch podcast so you can fade me in the coming rounds. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Dodgers would win too, but I, I, uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in their in their pitching. I mean, at the someday you can say like Dave Roberts shouldn't have started Clayton Kershaw. They could have started Sandy Koufax in Game One. They didn't score any runs. Yep. They, they, they could have started prime Clayton Kershaw in Game Two. They scored it was two all runs. Bad. All of it. Uh, you know, the offense went went to shit. They had two guys who are going to finish second and third in MVP this year. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman who went one for 21. And that's that's it. I mean, they don't have the depth. Like, this is what we talked about way back when, when I bet under 90 to six and a half wins and lost on the Dodgers somehow. Mm-hmm. In the preseason, I said, look, like, yeah, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are really, really good. But they're going to give a lot of at-bats to Miguel Rojas this year. They're going to give a lot of at-bats to Jason Hayward, who ended up being good. They have a lot of at-bats to rookies like James Altman. And, and they got the production in the regular season, but when it came time for the tiny, tiny three-game sample, it should be said. Uh, I was reading today that you would need to play a best of 95 series in baseball to adequately account for the variance at the same level of which an NBA seven-game series is. And that's a fascinating thing uh, to read because it's the reality. I mean, baseball is a high variance sport and you can talk about the format, the buys, the layoffs, you know, the series are too short. Um, the reality, like every team that has already been knocked out, that was a top seed. You can immediately say coming into the playoffs, we could have seen this coming for the Dodgers. It was the fact they had no starting pitching for the mm-hmm. Orioles. They were relying on two frontline rookies and had no depth behind it. And they had a lineup that had overperformed projections all season long. Look, 162 game sample. It's a big sample. It's bigger than any other sport we have, but it's still in reality, pretty small in the grand scheme of like a career in the grand scheme of like assessing somebody's true talent. And that's why we heed to projections. And that's why we look at these things. Like there is no guarantee that, okay, they had a great 162. The next 60 games of the Orioles might not have been as good. And I would bet money. They weren't going to be as good, but we just got a three really bad games from them. And what happened? The three teams who were advancing or who are doing really well. Okay. The Rangers 
got Nate Uvalde playing at an elite level and got a rookie to come up and spark their whole offense. The Astros got Christian Javier pitching at, you know, playoff Javier last year levels. And their whole lineup was finally healthy for the stretch run with mm-hmm. Altuve and Alvarez. And then the Phillies, Aaron Nola was awful for portions of this season uh, relative to his expectations. And his last four starts, last two of the playoffs, and then before the playoffs, and then two in the playoffs, he's pitching at the levels we're used to seeing from Nola. And so when Wheeler and Nola start four of your five playoff games, the Phillies are a very, very good baseball team. So that's that's kind of the reality of, of playoff baseball. It's not, it's not about getting hot before October. It's not about... Uh, momentum. Those aren't really things. What matters is like how well are your best players playing uh, from a pitching perspective? Are they, are your pitchers in form? Are they healthy? And, and how good is your underlying talent really over the course of huge samples, not just looking at even one season of data. Yep. And we talked about Urias. I mean, Walker Bueller was really the whole season. Um, Just their, their depth. And look at the end of the day, good on them to go get, say again, Dustin May. Dustin May. I mean, good on them to go get Lance Lynn. They clearly needed it. Uh, did it work out? No. But they, they, and they they tried to get Eddie Rodriguez, but he declined the trade. <laughs> and he didn't want to go there. That's right. And that guy. He would have been. I honestly think he would have probably. I mean, he would have been the game three starter instead of Lance Lynn, and he's better than Lance Lynn. So yeah, you know, that's, but the Diamondbacks that's, still yeah. torch lefties. Um, they torch okay. everybody. You can't you can't pitch anybody against them. All right. Well, we'll uh we can discuss this next week when we. Because I don't know what to do now with myself and this Diamondback. I had a Diamondbacks ticket for the World Series, but that again, no one cares about that. No one cares about me. And for the record, Tanner, like I'm just giving you a hard time because I come on here, I host, I tee you guys up, I try to work in some nuggets. You guys are giving the picks. I'm not. All I said about the Dodgers was, I hear all you, I hear what you're saying, but just keep that in mind. Just the narrative of this team, they shrivel in the big moments, and it happened. Yeah, but I can't I, victory lap it because I tried to – I bet them too. I thought, oh, better bet the Dodgers because I'm not confident in this Diamondbacks team based on – If I there. bet and lose half my baseball bets in a year, I've usually had a profitable season just based on the fact that I bet more underdogs than favorites and you know, whatnot. 50-50 is a good year in baseball. So, you know, just throw Tanner's uh, Dodgers minus 2,000 uh, series price in the in the loser's bucket. And uh, it was just funny because he was so confident with the, with the punk. The punk thing will live in infamy. Punk, yeah. D-backs took that tweet, they printed it out, and they put it up on their wall, and they used it as motivation all series long. I hope they did. I hope they did. So Texas, let's spend like a couple minutes, and we'll get out of here for Texas and Houston. The There is a price, not many markets available. There is a market out for game one. Rangers are dogs plus 120. Astros, they have home field in this series. Astros minus 145 for game one. Totals at nine. I'm looking, I was saying this yesterday, doing some NFL shows with Evan Abrams and uh, our friend Tim Kalinowski. It's so annoying now that you've got to use, you've got to use Twitter really for everything to get the most up-to-date shit. And you can't just Google stuff. Yeah, the X. Thank you, DeBundo. Um, Max Scherzer, John Gray working their way back. Uh, Rangers GM, Chris Young. This is the latest I'm seeing from yesterday. They are relatively close, both Scherzer and Young are relatively close. My expectation, this is again, the GM, Chris Young. My expectation is at least one, if not both, will be hopefully available in the next series. I'm reading from a reporter at Bally Sports Southwest. The potential rotation, would in, not in any order, would include Scherzer, Evaldi, Jordan Montgomery, John Gray. 
John Gray got placed on IL at the very end of September. Scherzer hasn't pitched since the middle of September. Scherzer's been throwing. We've talked about Scherzer to Bundo all year in terms of like he was pitching through injury with the Mets and that had uh, Zarillo had concerns because of the clock as well. I mean, I'm going back now to April and May when it's like, is this really the same guy? I don't know. This is such a good idea. He just insisted on pitching hurt, which you don't hear it that often in professional sports. If guys are hurt, they'll sit it down. They'll sit down. They'll shut her down and sit, uh, uh, sit out. And he didn't, he wanted to pitch through injury. So this was supposed Scherzer specifically, he was supposed to be down for two months yet. He has had his eye on returning to the staff with all that in mind. I know that doesn't really answer any questions about the game one pricing and what we might get for a matchup on the mound. How are you evaluating this series with those two arms in question, DeBondo? Yeah, I mean, John Gray uh, is your classic, like, we need depth guys for seven game series guy. Yep. Uh, and, you know, they they threw yesterday uh, and both were fine. They expect both to be on the roster from what, from what I believe. And they think Gray is going to be pretty close to full workload. Uh, so I would imagine he's just going to be the game four starter in Texas. Uh, so that's the expectation for John Gray. Now Scherzer is more interesting because obviously Scherzer has the higher ceiling, Yep. but we don't know if I think he's further from, from then Gray from being like able to throw more than a few innings. So I think, you know, Scherzer with an Andrew Heaney piggyback or with a Dane Dunning piggyback could be a part of something that they use in like a game three situation, but certainly the biggest developments of this series are that Christian Javier and Nate Yavaldi have found their stuff. Yavaldi throwing much harder. Fastball velocity up. Uh, splitter looking as good as ever. Dominant two outings. Christian Javier, slider, sweeper, whatever you want to call it. Best of his career in the start against the Twins in terms of like RPMs and how the thing was moving. So that's the key. Those guys being better. Uh, well, and I think it's, you know, I give a slight edge to Houston just because of home field. If you can get like Rangers plus 130, plus 140 out there. I, I know there was one last night at 130. I think it's a good bet. Both teams are going to have their best pitchers lined up. Uh, from a splits perspective, you know, uh, I think that Framber Valdez is going to have major problems against the Rangers. Otherwise, uh, I think this is going to be a, a really fun series. I think we're going six or seven. Uh, and, you know, Houston has the experience. But, I mean, a lot of the guys in the Rangers have been in the big big moments themselves too. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I think it's going to be a great series. Lean, lean toward Texas if you can get a good dog price, but no, no real strong opinion. Yet, Tanner, the pricing at BetMGM, our presenting sponsor for Payoff Pitch, Astros minus one forty, Rangers plus one fifteen. This is series betting. I'm talking now. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say, I also lean Rangers plus money, um, just because uh, Avaldi is amazing. First of yeah. all, what he has found in his postseason career and what he found in the last round. Uh, the the lineups Corey Seager is so good and the depth behind him is so good that lineup is grinding I don't know how you pitch to that team it's all gonna really I think it all hinges on Scherzer if Scherzer is himself I think that the Rangers are more than live I think that they could be a favorite but of course we just we don't we don't know um and as Anthony said uh Kristen Javier looks way better so that there's another wrench in things um I'll, yeah I'm, i lean rangers i think i think they could take this in six or seven games no strong play on the series i'll probably bet the rangers 
against Framber Valdez when that game comes. But we will talk more about that in the coming episodes. They will start their series on Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Rangers-Astros. Do we have a guess who the pitchers might be for this? Uh, I think, I'm imagining Evaldi will get game one for for Texas. And Any thoughts on that, guys? I'm not, I don't want to speculate if we know something or don't know something. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know. There, the market's suggesting there's not a huge difference to Montgomery and Yavaldi, which I generally agree with. Uh, from a splits perspective, Houston has done much better in the past against lefties. I think Raldis Chapman versus Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker is going to be the highest leverage moments of this series, mm-hmm. and that is another key matchup that I'm looking forward to. Uh, in terms of, you know, we can wait. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you don't have to run to bet this on Thursday. So, right. But I right. think, I think the Chapman. You know, because there's not a ton of great high leverage lefties in that in that Rangers bullpen, but Chapman's the guy, and he's going to face Alvarez more than a few times. So that is the matchup. You know, um, the Twins had Thielbar, and he he did a nice job yesterday against the lefties, um, and then gave up the homer to Alabreu. So, you know, because of the three batter rule, that pocket where it's Chapman's going to come in to face Alvarez and Tucker, and then he's going to face Jose Abreu behind him. That is the sequences that will decide the series. I think whoever wins those sequences wins the series. I like it. Okay. For what it's worth, um, the MLB.com website has Verlander as the game one. Yeah, they already the they, they announced TV. Verlander. It is Verlander for Houston. Oh, they did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Texas is still TBT. Texas has not announced. Yeah. Got it. All right. And again, there's no markets out on a Thursday yeah, I mean, as we record. For Houston, it's going to be the same as always. It's going to be Verlander, Valdez, Javier, and then or Kitty slash bullpen and then reset the rotation for game five on regular rest. So we, we pretty much know what we're getting from Houston. Just the question is with, with what we're getting from Texas, but we'll see. Okay. Very good. And we'll have more details. Hopefully tomorrow when we record payoff pitch, you'll have Zerillo with Tanner and Charlie Disturco. So those three will join you tomorrow. Again, that game on uh, between the Rangers and Astros game one is Sunday. So I will say this now. I'm sure they'll talk about this tomorrow. As more markets come available, be dialed in to the Action Network app, free to download, award-winning Action Network app, also the website, whichever you prefer, uh, to get the latest from our written and video teams when information becomes available. If Atlanta wins tonight, game five would be in Atlanta. They would, what, play Saturday? Saturday night, yep. I got my uh, I got my tickets. I might be booking a plane trip. Hopefully not. We'll see. All right. So yeah, for the the purposes of the podcast and having a game that's an actionable game tomorrow night, hopefully the Braves make this interesting. But if they don't, it'll be a big preview show tomorrow on Payoff Pitch for Anthony DeBundo, Tanner McGrath, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been with us all October, still a lot of baseball to play. Thanks for tuning in to Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. We will see you tomorrow. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.